0: We're going to be talking about the 2022 Missouri Legislative Session with the Missouri Times' Scott Fawn on this week's Renew Guru.
1: I'm proud to be called a guru.
0: <laughs> well, hello out there, Scott Fawn. Hello out there, are. Our- uh, loyal listeners, this is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm executive director of Renew Missouri, James Owen. Also joining uh, from Renew Missouri by our producer, Philip Forsica. Hey, Philip. Hey, how's it going? And that voice you heard is indeed Scott Fawn. He is the editor of the Missouri Times, one of the go the excuse me the go to place. Uh, to learn about all things happening in Jefferson City, uh, hey Scott, how are you? Doing great.
1: Uh, You'll you're make a hillbilly's ego get big. <laughs> dragging on me like that.
0: Well, I, 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 well, let me, let me, let me first say, I mean, the Missouri Times is one of the few places where you can actually uh, find a rundown of the Public Service Commission agenda
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: every week. You don't see that in a lot of other publications, and. I find that very helpful. So I think that in itself is a good service. Um, so Scott, uh, remind me again, how long have you been running those very times there? So
1: December will make 10 years. Is that right? Yeah. Old time. I-, I got this gray over here on the sides of my hair. You.
0: <laughs> so you've been doing this since 2012. Wow. Yeah, the December of 2012. That's crazy. What time really does go by. Um, and you, and so basically it is, I mean, in addition to kind of doing coverage of everything going on in, in the Capitol, in Jefferson City, you also have a show. You have a TV show. Mm-hmm.
1: It's This Week in Missouri Politics. You can catch it Sundays at 9 in St. Louis and at 1030 on PBS all throughout Central Missouri.
0: Oh, okay. So and if you wanted to find out, you have like a website for that too, I, I trust. Mm-hmm.
1: TWMP.TV.
0: All right. Well, I usually we usually get the plugs uh, at the end, but I got them up front. Uh, I I think it just worked out well that way because I want to make sure people know about uh, about your about the uh, the coverage you provide, because the reason I want to have you on here is because we did um, we did just finish the 2022 um, legislative session. there were times when I reached out to the Renew Missouri supporters, uh, we have a pretty decent sized email list. And I was kind of talking about, you know, things are slow, things are a little dysfunctional in Jefferson City. And often, I wouldn't give a whole lot of context to that. But I mean, if you were to, I guess if you were to say, you know, you, you, were, you, you were there, you're there in the building, I've seen you tweet at like four in the morning from the Senate uh. chambers uh not directly at four in the morning although a couple times i was i was watching it um i mean what i mean what i guess if you're trying to like explain to someone who doesn't really follow politics i mean how would you describe like what the legislative session was like what should people know about it uh as as a missouri voter i would say be careful
1: how much you know i although i'm from rural missouri i'm not much of a hunter and one time my dad uh I think somebody gave him a deer and I had to help him skin. It was the last time I ever would touch anything hunting. It was awful. I hated it. Um, there's two types of legislative sessions. There's one where everybody gets along and they pass a bunch of stuff and, uh, there's a big Kumbaya. Then there's the way they probably should be, which is like this one, three yards in a cloud of dust and a huge fight. And I would argue that there's a hum and a flow to a legislative session. The first year after the election is usually very busy and a lot of things right. happen. The yep. second year is a little slower, frankly. Uh, and this year, when you put a congressional map, and then you put two open three two open congressional seats, and one senator challenging a first time incumbent, I, I guess I don't see how it was that slow. They spent a record amount of money. They uh, they passed the bill that we'll probably talk about in the eminent domain bill. They passed a big ag bill, an elections yeah. bill, all without a PQ. I, I, you had kind of a backward speaker, and you had a um, you had a uh, conservative caucus that's a little. You know, they, they, they didn't come helping there was no kumbaya ideal that they wanted to get to. I, I actually think they passed a lot of stuff.
0: I mean, they I think did I read they they sent I think maybe I read fifty non-appropriation and non like resolution bills to the governor, something like that.
1: Probably right, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, um, you gotta think about those those fifty-nine bills though, a lot of them were very large bills. And that's true. a trend you're seeing that I think no matter who where, where, where you're on the spectrum that makes for the worst possible government is you have these huge bills that, that you know back in the day they might have TAFP 120 100 whatever the number was but usually they were pretty close to single subject bills right. the, the the vast majority of these bills are huge bills that aren't they're just omnibus things that are just usually really terrible legislation
0: right and there's, there's there's much I want to unpack about your your last comment there okay just so everyone knows we have um, we have a we have a House and we have a Senate here in Missouri. We have a bicameral legislature, 34 members of the Senate, 163 members of the House. House is I mean, I, I, we've had guests on here say, you know, the House is largely driven by leadership. The Senate is more kind of uh, mm-hmm. member driven. Um, the Senate and one of the things they had to do this year, we had uh, a census year in 2020 and every time we have a census we get to draw new congressional maps to make sure the congressional districts represent you know a certain amount of people and that was a big that was a big challenge this year now i mean we do this every 10 years it was not this big of a i mean we had to do this for the house the state house the state senate but the the congressional the u.s congressional map that was a real
1: sticking point for people. Well, it was. A, I mean, I, I would say it was a real sticking point for Sarah Wall. whose was colleagues. I guess just threw her straight under the bus. It was a sticking point for Rob Descovo. He wanted his 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 county all in one district. For Bob Onder, it was a sticking point for Eric Burleson who's running for Congress in Springfield. It's sticking over Rick Bratt, who's running for Congress in the fourth district. If it, it was sticking over Steve Roberts who's running for Congress in the first district. If you had a dog in the fight, Mike Moon, he didn't, right. he wanted Taney County together. I am just writing a piece that'll be put it'll go out to subscribers tonight, it'll be published over the next three days publicly, where I sit down with Senator Igleson around and Senator Rizzo all for about an hour. And they told me how the last day of session went. And the story is gonna it it's, you're, it's gonna be amazing when you read how this happened and all the reasons why it happened. We had kidney stones, we had a migraine in there. We had uh, we had uh, people just want to go home and see their kids. Yeah, all come together in one one amazing end to the session. Uh, I I think it's a harbinger. Well, I mean, Caleb Browden's quote I'll just give you a preview is if Bill Eigel doesn't trust people, it's probably a product of no one trusting him. Oh. and if he if he wanted to ask 34 senators who they wanted to be in a bunker with or Eigel, he wouldn't like the answer. And that's not my fault. It's pretty direct. And uh, wow. look, I I, uh, I have a I'll give you a white trash prediction if you want one. Sure. I think you might not see a conservative caucus next year. I think it's really? ran its course. I think if you're I, I and this is my reason. If you look at, I think it was it was a very good play for them in the in the first year, first two three, even three years. It it helped them gain notoriety. Right. They did fundraising off it. It went very well. I think the maps boiled over the conservative caucus. Mm -hmm. And I think if, and I also think it's going to, you have Jorgen Schlemeyer's right pack, that's going to inhibit their ability to pick up seats. It's going to be tough. Mm -hmm. And I'm, uh, I'm of the opinion that right now you have like a Ben Brown, right? Running for Senate in Franklin County. Uh, He's got a target on his back. And why is that? He said he'll join the conservative caucus. Mm. Uh, I I think, you know, right now if, if Rick Bratton goes on the floor and attacks Holly Raider's bill, right. Well, it's viewed you know, as Senator Bratton doing it. But now he's in the, it's in like the whole conservative caucus is in on it. And I think they all have to take grief for each other. And I'm not sure they're not far more effective. If you want to really be a problem for Senator Bratton, these six senators in the Republican caucus who work together privately but don't have an official caucus, don't publicly go on Facebook and attack other senators, go on the floor and kill stuff like assassins. Yeah. That would be way more effective. And yeah. I think they're smart guys.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, and I I know I've mentioned we've mentioned the conservative caucus on here before, just as a reminder to people listening. okay, there's 24 Republican state senators out of 34. They got a supermajority. But there is kind of within that number. It it had been seven. I think it is generally accepted that it's six um, state senators. And let me see if I can do this. I want to make sure I'll be very impressed if I can do this. Senator Bill Igle, Senator Bob Onder, Senator Burleson, Senator Moon. Senator Koenig and Senator Bratton. Is, did I, is Hoskins in there?
1: Senator Hoskins is in there. I'm not sure you could say Andrew Koenig is still in there. Oh, he's not. Uh, right okay. now. I mean, I, well, I mean, depends on what day, what issue. Uh, I noticed he voted uh, for the map. He was not part of filibustering it either. Senator Brill isn't in filibuster too much. Uh, I, I think if you look at that, there's, I mean, I think Bill be running for statewide office come next no. session. I think mm-hmm. he'll be busy. I think there's a bit of senior itis that kicks in. You could, of the folks you mentioned, it's conceivable Bratton and Burleson could be in Congress. Burleson will be gone huh? either way. Rick Bradden, yeah. I would say, with the way that match is probably the probably in the second best chances to get to Congress after Mark Alford. Um, mm-hmm. so I mean mm-hmm. you you have a very different dynamic. I also think they had they had a, a, a goal of over the two cycles, picking up enough seats to make Bill Igel pro 10. Mm-hmm. And that goes very unlikely to happen, just mathematically at this point. And so, I I think that the usefulness of it. I mean, let me ask you this: Is Mary Elizabeth Coleman more or less likely to win a Senate seat if she commits to join the conservative caucus? I would argue right now, less.
0: Now Do you there think could be she a big would? Checkinson? I mean, I I mean, I, mean, I guess I, I kind of look at her. So. You know, it, it seems like it's. I mean, I guess I don't know what their ideology is the conservative caucus. Well, I mean, they're,
1: they're, they're sort of pro-trial attorney. They're sort of anti-abortion, but they're Republican. Yeah. They're pro-gun. They're, they're not for trans kids, uh, but they're pro-gambling. So it's, it's a, <laughs> I guess, what is a conservative suggested pilot and didn't say for an answer?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say, I, I think you're right. I would say that if you're, you're committing to join that caucus, you will probably get a lot of money put against you.
1: I, I think, so at, at Bratton and Moon raised a lot of money because they were going to join it. And I think they owe their elections to the conservative caucus, be yeah. it David Stewart money, be it Jim Onder money. Um, I I don't know that, that that money at this time last cycle was in an account. The, the David Stewart money was in the account for the conservative caucus. It is not in the account at this time. I You hear everybody speculates whether it will come or not. I don't. I don't have any firsthand knowledge, so I'm not going to speculate. Right. Uh, I suspect there'll be some money. Will there be as much as last time? I don't know. Don't underestimate how much how much the value of Jim Onder's money was. Uh, will he care when his brother's not there? I think Jim will. I think Jim Onder has totally, and Mike Ketchmark together, have changed the fortunes of the Trial Attorney Association. And they've done it from kind of outside the organization. But if you're a trial attorney today, you have a much better setting than you did two years ago as far as the General Assembly goes, and if you'll notice this year, nobody tried to lay a finger on that. Not one, not yeah. one group.
0: Yeah.
1: As in fact, they, you had Republicans in the House promoting a bill that would allow you to sue employers for asking for vaccines. Now, if, if, when I walked in the cab with Mark Richman 20 years ago, if you had laid that out piece of that bill to me, you would never convince me a Republican would even vote for it, much less it. Right. The right. world's changing.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, Jim Onder is a, a, he's trial attorney. Matta is the Missouri assistant trial attorneys. They they have had a, a number of bad years in the legislature, seeing limitations put on, um, per, uh, you know, on lawsuits. Um, and there there are some who say that the that the conservative caucus is kind of like you know limited the amount of legislation that gets filed, and that is a good thing for maybe a group that is not seen as, you know, being friendly with more traditional Republicans. Safe to say.
1: I, I, I told you, I just, I think that they, um, I've heard this phrase before. I think city folks call it paradigm shift. I think they finally became an interest group that just cared about their interests and where they used to consistently give money to Democrats. Uh, yep. And maybe if you're a Republican that wasn't attorney, uh, they just went and picked some right-wingers because keep in mind right-wingers need the money yeah so the right-wingers came in and um the right-wingers came in and um and, and started and they they needed the money so it, again it's worked out great for. Them.
0: yeah because i mean also like and i am you know the name is blank is it david gregory who's running for state auditor he is also a trial lawyer i believe yep I yeah um yes. yeah so i mean there's like in when I ran in 2012. Here's the, weird, here, here's the weird
1: thing that I've noticed about this. So yeah. where it's Caleb Jones, who did some trial attorney work, Todd Richard. Yeah. It's almost like if you're a trial attorney, you have to vote double against them to prove you're a Republican. But <laughs> if you're Mike Moon and you're just a, a rancher, you, yeah. you don't have to own any of that. And right. you can just take their mind. I mean, Rick Braddon, try to come up with the trial attorneys with Rick Braddon. Man. He's not an attorney.
0: Yeah.
1: He, he's the first one of the floor. So I almost think it's a weird dynamic of you feel you almost get pushed into um, if you're a Republican lawyer, being and you want to move up in leadership, being like having to prove your Spurs by voting against everything,
0: yeah. whereas some of these other
1: just folks that are just right wingers, I've not seen them have any of those scruples, right? And they're very effective.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, you do see that that it does seems to be more effective from the non-lawyers. And of course, you mentioned that you know when we were talking about the maps and talking about some of the people that were influential with that. I mean, they are people that are running uh for congress <laughs> for those very maps that they're you know they're voting on um I there's mean, so no we, saints
1: in redistricting baby yeah. no saints in redistricting yeah you I mean, may think because you're a democrat oh we would do it good then look at illinois you may think you're a republican oh we would do it for what jesus would want no you would do it for your own selfish interest baby yeah
0: But isn't, but isn't that, I mean, but like politicians, people in office are always looking to move up. I mean, it seems like there's always going to be this jockeying. Why is it so bad this year? Who says it's bad? Well, I mean, but, well, the, the congressional, let's talk about the congressional map. It was, it was something that significantly slowed down compared to like, I think about 10 years ago.
1: And they cut a, they cut a member of Congress 10 years ago.
0: That's true. Uh, what happened
1: time. was 10, 10 years ago, I think you, did you have anybody that wasn't running? I think all the incumbents were running again. What mm-hmm. you had this time this went off the rails when Senator Blunt announced his retirement.
0: Yeah. Because at that
1: point you had uh, two members of Congress that were opening up to run. And so that created a little bit of room for everybody to jostle around. Um, I could just walk you through it. I, I was there. It'll all be written down the story. I mean, but uh, Steve Roberts, uh, very talented freshman senator from St. Louis City. Uh, Congressman Clay was defeated by Cory Bush, who's pretty radical. Um, but she has a lot of money, which is a different phenomenon we're seeing. And some of the more radical put, uh, views in these primaries have money. And as they've had money, they've been more successful. There, there, there was going to be a notable St. Louis take on Cory Bush. First term congresswoman, her views are pretty aggressive Uh he wanted fewer skinny white liberals in his district. He wanted more black people and Jewish people. That's just what he wanted. Yeah. And because no Republican cared what the first looked like at all, they were willing to give it to him. And, right. and the problem was the first map, he didn't get his stuff in because it was a house map. So he yeah. had to come back and get a new map. But but everyone wanted to come to him. They didn't care. Good for him. Go beat Cory Bush. The yeah. Republicans will hate to see her go if she loses because she's such a great fodder for them. She says the things that, that Jane Nixon and Claire McCaskill wouldn't say out loud. Heck, even Bruce Franks wouldn't say out loud. She says them, which is wonderful because if, you, if you're looking to win a seat on the St. Louis City Council, her views are acceptable. If you're looking to win a seat on anything else in the world, they just won't fly, but whatever. Uh, in the fourth district, you had Rick Braddon. He played Stone Cold, baby. He straight up said, I want to cut out my two Boone County opponents out of this district.
0: He, he couldn't even call well,
1: and cut out Kalina Bruce, but he cut them two out.
0: Yeah, he did. I mean, certainly Sarah Walsh announced this week that she's not running now. Well, he
1: cut Taylor Burks' house out. Now Taylor Burks has some property in North Boone County. He oh, says really? he's going to move to, but I mean, let's be honest. If you're Sarah Walsh, you've spent these years in the house voting for everybody else's stuff, and the one time you need folks, there ain't nobody behind you. I mean, that was pretty. Doesn't,
0: but doesn't pretty that rough. say something? I mean, I, I think that just kind of speaks to the nature of of the house. Like, I mean, I think. I don't know her I don't know much about what's inside of her head but she's like you know (laughs) if I if I vote against this that was a joke it was a good one well (laughs) no I I wasn't trying to suggest anything disparaging you know she's thinking well if I vote against this if I vote against this map which splits Columbia down Broadway like halfway like through the town um I will get nothing. Like if I don't play ball, I'll get nothing. So what did I, she get for it? Well, she got nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I think I like she think, was in a lose lose situation. Right? Yeah.
1: She just got rolled. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's a cold place. When you come to the end yeah. and you can't help anybody, you find out who your friends are. And she found out that it was a lonely, uh, that pew wasn't full.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, and, but and I mean, think,
1: you know, good for Brett. He played hardcore. He got what he wanted. Down in, I think the, the, the funniest one of these is down in the seventh that, that kind of cracks me up. Uh, down in the seventh, uh, Eric Burleson, he wanted to be on the team, right? He wanted to be on his conservative caucus team. He didn't want to be out on the floor too much, but he wanted to be with his guys, right? So he had to come up with a reason to be against the first map. The seventh, there really was no reason. There wasn't anything controversial. Like Denny came up with a two bases in one district thing. Which fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then he wanted right. to support his friends. He wanted to be out there for his friends because they had his back. And Burleson was the same way. So he said, "Well, I don't want Webster County." I think you he heard that Jay Watson had somehow said it at, at a dinner. He wanted Webster, which fine. Webster County is good. Ruled Missouri folks. They probably would be would be uh, Watson supporters who left their own devices. But he, so when Burleson heard that, he goes, "Why well, don't want Webster County?" Well, I don't think he cared. I mean, think think this through for me. If you think about this. Webster County. So let's say Jay Watson wins it by 10 points. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a mathematical, not going to touch that race. Let's say he wins it by 20. You're still, you're not, it, it wasn't about the numbers. Then when word got out in Webster County that Eric Burleson didn't want him, Well, now there's a political problem because now Jay Watson could win that by a margin that might affect something. And they were ticked off. And you had Curtis Trent who put them in the Senate district. He was advocating for them. Or the and it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, burleson i really do believe did not have a deep care he just wanted to be on the team he needed a reason to say he was on the team and and so then when work got it, it became a problem he needed him gone and he got him gone i mean how idiotic is it that marshfield is in the same
0: congratulations blue springs Chief. uh it it and then i want because i i just got back from webster county because that's my i know family. huh I know, that's your, that's your stomping grounds. That's my, that's my, those are my people. That's my place. It is, ever since I was, I think before I was even born, it's been in the 4th. Um, you and Roy I'd, Blunt
1: from the same county.
0: I know, I know. I would put Elkland over Niangua, but that's a different story. Yeah, that, you'll that's hear that's your listeners will think, no, thing. he's
1: from Greene County. No, 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 the Webster, the Blunt family's from Niangua.
0: Yeah, Nyong'o, yeah. Oh, but the, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, So... Yeah. So like the fourth now is because I'm from my my family farm is in northwest Webster County. It's in the fourth still. Right. Or is it in the. Right?
1: Uh, pretty much Marshfield North is is there, maybe a little south there. They pretty much cut it straight in half. But the population is probably 70, 80 percent in the fourth.
0: OK, because the population is is up there the on 60 and town. it's on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The population to be about sixty and forty-four, and so uh, I would cut it
0: out. Yeah, and so and so like the rest of the part. Okay, you got Marshfield, and you got Northern Webster County. That's in the fourth, and the rest of it is in the seventh or the eighth. Yes,
1: it's in the seventh. It's in the seventh. Uh oh. And, and the it's the, in the
0: seventh. Okay. Yeah, the, and the and the
1: so, problem. Had, With that was you had the Scoville wanted as many Jefferson County as he could stick in the eighth. So now us Southeast Missourians are stuck with a bunch of St. Louis. in our congressional district. We're going to try to not let them vote. We'll see how that goes.
0: Webster County is split up. Most of the population is in the fourth. South Webster County is in the seventh, and this was just kind of became like a political hot potato between people running for Congress.
1: Well, one person. Uh, So Mike Moon wanted Taney County because that's in his Senate district. And look, where you really find radical people in this state is all the problems in this state, in my opinion, start in the suburbs. And then when suburban people retire, they go to the lake and the branch and then they become crazy there. So most of the crazies, all the suburbs and then where the suburb people retire to. So Mike Moon is pretty out there. Right. He's a pretty aggressive conservative. He'll cut up a chicken for prove a point, keep it real. He wanted the Branson folks in his congressional district because they're in his Senate district. Plus, he's going to appeal to folks that are really out there, really right. They love being, yeah. being, I guess, Republicans, if that's what you'll call them. And so he wanted Branson. Well, well, I think that Burleson really didn't want anything. He just needed to say something so he could filibuster the map. And when he said something, that something became uh, he wanted um, Webster County out. And Mike yeah. Cunningham, a former senator there, is going to be a big supporter of uh of jay wasson i think he just said i can't handle them being in here so i'm gonna i want them out and then they agreed to it because they had him over a barrel and i talked to mike cunningham we will break a little news here on the podcast mike cunningham was threatening to go to go to court over this but really? he has agreed to yeah uh he spoke to some lawyers but finally he agreed that he would not he would not go against it because he was concerned that a court might draw a five-three map or something, hmm. and you know he, but he decided not to sue. Now I have to say, the old hillbilly hellraiser and me was like, "Oh, you already go do it, Mike, go get him." But I think he decided he's not going to sue over it.
0: Yeah, um, and you know Mike is not exactly a, a firebrand either.
1: <laughs> well, but I tell you what, when he dig, I agree with you. But when he digs his, when he puts his feet in, digs his heels in, he is, he is a hillbilly. He is stubborn about stuff. And I thought he would do it. I really did. But he, it turns out he's not going to, he decided he's not going to make a run at it. And uh, I don't know. You know, it's 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 complicated because you have to keep in mind, he'd be spending his own money. The right. government would be spending the government's money to defend the map, So yeah. he'd have to get in his own pocket. And that's just, uh, end of the day, I think he decided that he didn't, he didn't think he had the chance of success that was worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's just, it is, it is interesting once you, you dig into all of this, like how, I mean, cause everyone's like, why is it so dysfunctional? Why is, you know, like you hear things like, why doesn't anything work up there? I mean, it, there is like a lot of, it's just a matter of, you have a lot of personalities, you have a lot of angles to things. And I mean, I think, you know, one, one of the things that you and I probably could agree on is that yes, all of this stuff does take time, and yes, all of these things do have to sort out. And yes, it is kind of designed to be slow. The process sure.
1: you ain't gonna like it if it speeds up. I promise that. I ain't no. it'll be a better product if it's fast.
0: No, right. And I mean, and that's speaking as like our group, Renew Missouri. We you know, and speaking of Senator Eric Burleson, he had a he had a he had a piece of legislation that we were big supporters of that we worked with him on very closely to prohibit homeowner associations from banning solar and that is one of those bills
1: wow that is, that a, is that a thing that's becoming a is that becoming a thing
0: that is on that is on you know you talked about those kind of christmas tree bills it's on two of them but
1: is there a lot of is there a lot of homeowner associations that are that are pushing back in so that kind of surprises me
0: i, I let me tell you this and and Ooh. and we i bet you i get 12 to 15 phone calls a year from people wanting to put solar on their roof in an HOA and they're told there's some vague provision or some sort of even unwritten provision that doesn't let them do it. And we have to get involved. I'm a lawyer. We got a couple other lawyers that work for our, for our, our, our group. And we get involved writing demand letters. We have, we took an HOA to court a couple of years ago. Um, Yeah. It's, it is probably for me, uh probably the one you like,
1: solar panels are generally a positive thing do they not like the look of them is that their complaint is that what it boils down to i guess it'd be all there would be right
0: yeah it is i mean it is an aesthetic thing and i will also tell you i think some of the covenants that uh generally talk about it were written you know back in the late 70s early 80s when like solar panels looked like the monolith yeah. from 2001 <laughs> And they just don't look that way anymore. They're very sleek and slick and you barely notice them on a roof. But Well, to like
1: a Chesterfield person, that'd be a status symbol. It'd be like wearing their mask, you know. That'd be like they're doing something good for the world. They'd want almost people to see it, I would think, as much as anything.
0: You know, I I, I think about that that South Park episode where they uh, where people start smelling their own flatulence like as like the (laughs) smugness and they're like, well, I want to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. You know, like that's you're going to
1: think I'm lying. You know what I did this morning while I was riding? I watched the South Park episode out of control teens. Uh, My (laughs) daughter has a friend that's real upset. Yeah, I'm out of control. teen. I do what I want. And so that I is, I was that's, that's a really good Cartman, by the way. Did you know, I won two contests in college with my Eric Cartman impression. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, not my podcast. Yeah, no. I won two uh, celebrity impersonation <laughs> contests in college as Eric Cartman.
0: I think that's the third piece of news we've broken on this podcast. Yeah, today.
1: We're
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, That yeah, no, I, I but yeah, I th- absolutely listen. I think yeah, especially like there are people like look and look, it's like you know and look. Eric Burleson is not a, he's not a virtue signaler. He's not a liberal, yeah. but he is somebody, you know, one of the things I've noticed is there are a lot. Well, isn't the of, conservative
1: keep the government from telling you what to do keep associate. I mean, do what you want with your property. I think that's a conservative yeah. principle,
0: property rights, making sure that you can do yeah. what you want. And I mean, and, and, and yeah, and I've found that there's a lot of libertarian leaning Republicans, certainly that think solar panels are pretty great they like the idea that you have some control over what energy you make sure. that comes into your house they kind of have a little bit of antipathy towards monopolistic utilities i mean that's um that's not like really the overriding thing but there's a well, little you should bit be of the
1: ability to do what you want that's kind of the conservative ethos: is, is don't tell yeah. me what to do
0: and yeah I, uh, and I, so, that's
1: why it kind of surprised me that people would that would be a thing but i could see back in the day Solar panels started off as something you probably wouldn't be very right. aesthetically pleasing. I get that part.
0: Right, and, and so That's now kind of shift. we, yeah, we, we really hope. I mean, I I, I mean, we're gonna you know tell our people to call the governor's office. But I think that there's enough things in these other, in these bills that Governor Parson will probably sign them, and I think that will go into an effect, and I think that'll be a good thing. He always um, picks
1: one, right? There's always one thing. He'll pick. It's very hard to predict what it's going to be. One year it was easy to predict because there was the Viking funerals were in the thing. He actually wanted to veto, but he's able to blame Viking funerals. You watch. He'll, he'll veto half a dozen appropriation bills, and he'll veto one. he'll veto one actual bill. And I think it's very hard to predict which one it'll be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why we're going to have people call and say yeah. this is good for energy independence and good for property rights and good to reduce your utility bill and all that other stuff. So, I mean, good you for know. common sense. Yeah, do what you want to do. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that I think also, we call that freedom. Uh, hey, I, I think it's yeah, I think that is uh, I think that's a winner. I think that people like if you that. Can call <laughs> it
1: pro-life and pro-gun, too. I think your message would be bulletproof
0: oh uh, (laughs) uh, yeah you know i mean like you know you say you what you know you're a libertarian you want to live off the grid you can really live off
1: the grid there you go
0: yeah Um, and you
1: could save money to buy guns and you could say you could keep your energy going so you can remember to go to the doctor for your baby. So it could be pro-life, program too. <laughs>
0: I'll have to think that one out a little bit. <laughs> I'll have to map that one out a bit, but that's good. Yeah. I Yeah, I and, and so, you know, ultimately, I've and I've always found that when I go on, I will go on uh, conservative talk radio and talk about this, and, you know, people are always like, oh, people are going to call and be really mad at you. They always call, like, wanting to know, like, hey, how would this work on my house? Would this work on my farm? I mean, people... People dig it. It's good. Um, which Look, I, of- I
1: think solar technology and and not just solar technology, but especially with the car with the electric cars, has been something the government's done right. And I yeah. really think Obama deserves more credit than he did, than he gets because I think that there was that technology was never going to advance where it is today without government intervention. And I think under Obama there was there was significant government intervention, and I think it's brought that technology farther, faster to actually good for good things for the market than almost anything you, that I could think. I don't think it, it's beat everyone's expectations. And I think it, the the bottom line is it's just like you would never had electric in rural Missouri without co-ops, which were right. federally funded to start with. Just like you never had broadband in Rural Missouri without federal investments in rural broadband, you'd have never had solar technology or electric car technology where it is without the government involved. Just is mm-hmm. what it is.
0: And I mean, and I and I always believe that the government does have a role in like trying to push things like push the market certain ways that will benefit more. And sometimes people. it doesn't go
1: great. Right.
0: But no, I think this is totally
1: really this to me is like the gold standard of they took a lot of your money and they put it to work and they came, it came in good. And to yep. me, I think you, you just you should judge by the results, not by the ideology of it. The results of solar and electric cars are trending toward a very positive thing for Americans. It's actually worth to take a little bit of my check for work in next hour, and and take it and spend it. And I'm actually gonna see that back in a benefit. And you can't always say that, but when you can, you should own up to it and and congratulate the government for that. And I don't think President Obama gets the credit he deserves for it because that was not easy money to squeeze out of Congress.
0: No, it wasn't. And uh, you know, and I think that with this infrastructure bill, I think one of the longer lasting things that will will be proven from that is the EV infrastructure that that helps fund. Um, you know one you mentioned Caleb Jones earlier one of one of the few things that he and i do agree on is that rural missouri needs more electric fleets it needs more electric vehicle charging stations mm-hmm. and that's something that we both kind of work you know we work separately on but something we work um, in concert on because it is we need it we need it along highway 36 and highway 24 because um, i'm not sure unless the co-ops do it if anybody else will they won't It's like internet.
1: I mean, I was up, I was up in a Grundy County um, at at Princeton and Bethany last week or earlier this week, my days are in together. I was up there on Tuesday Mm -hmm. and they have a great 93% of Grundy County will have rural broadband. And there's one reason why they have up in North Missouri. They still have telephone co-ops in Central Missouri. We all got bought out in a big thing back in the seventies, but they still have these telephone co-ops, And most of them have a handful of landlines that are left, right? And they're going out of business and they'll be gone before long. But Grundy County switched to an internet, an ISP, and now they're a rural broadband provider. And wow. Grundy, the Grundy County Co op is doing great things. And let's be honest, there's no company that could ever justify the expense to shareholders to go wire Grundy County. That just doesn't right. happen. Right. And, and we can all talk all day about Reagan and Edmund Burke. And, and I believe in those things in a general sense. But, but at the end of the day, there are some things that we have to pull our money together and do. And to vilify everything means you're going to get you're going to miss out on those things we actually need. And in rural Missouri, we need them. In Columbia, people are going to wire Columbia for broadband. They just work. Sure. It's going to yeah. make them money. You had so many customers per mile that it would work. It, it wouldn't work in Butler County. That's why the government's going to have to kick in and do something. And if they don't, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is, the the big social trends, some of them COVID put on fast forward, could benefit rural Missouri. You could go. You don't have to wear a mask if you get out of if you get out of the cities. You can send your kids to school that are that are good, and everybody's proud and loved. But you're gonna have to have real broadband. If you don't have mm-hmm. real broadband, none of that's gonna work out ever. And yeah. that's gonna take the government doing it.
0: I I can't remember what publication did it. It was not a, it was not a statewide publication, but somebody did a a byline from Elkland, Missouri, where I'm from, talking about how kids during the pandemic couldn't do their homework, couldn't attend class because their internet connection wasn't stable. Sure. And, you know, and that is, I mean, if we're talking about a world where more people are going to be able to work from home, if you're going to have to rely on the internet more for your farming operations, uh, if you're going to have to, like, you know, attend more school uh, virtually, that has to be in place. That is an absolutely necessary infrastructure. Um, and I hope I hope we're able to do it. I mean, I, I can say one way that we're going to do it is Grain Belt Express is going to put broadband. Well, They're going to have I want to talk about
1: Grain Can I ask you a question real quick, though? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to come down to, I watched Dean Plocker. And do you know why Dean Plotker is going to get that big gavel in January? He was the biggest rural Missouri advocate you've ever seen. Dean Plocker cares more about rural Missouri than a lot of rural Missouri legislators. He had the soybean folks behind him. He cares. He, he, he made some of it, like the, the soybean stuff they've done with fuel. That is stuff yeah. that Dean Blocker's done. And I think it's going to be very imperative. You look at the next two candidates for four leader that'll be speaker, Hafner's out of out of suburban Cass County, Patterson's yep. out of lease summit. You're gonna if we're gonna if Republicans are gonna elect people in leadership, we're gonna have to damn sure make sure that they care about rural Missouri. If you're gonna get elected on rural Missouri votes, which to lead any of those caucuses, you've got to have rural Missouri votes. We can ice mm-hmm. out all the suburban people. If they're gonna win our votes over, we have to make our guys not care about these social issues that they, they it's like it's funny it's like a cat a shiny object they're just they act about half idiotic they're gonna have to make sure all that's they're all gonna be pro-gun pro-life let's let's be honest they better yeah. damn sure make sure they care about rural missouri or they can go to the backbenchers i mean that i think if, if do you think that's possible and it's probably starts in the house they make those guys commit to deliver for their constituents or they just vote for somebody else
0: yeah I mean, listen, yeah, because I mean, and look, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm one of these people who I am from a rural part of the state. I had to leave because there just weren't a lot of mm-hmm. opportunities for me there. I don't like the fact I had to leave. I don't like the fact that my wife, who's from Monroe County, rural Monroe County, left. Oh, good folks there. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad she left because I met her. But I mean, you know, um, you know, it, it is, it is, I just look around and I think to myself, what are people going to do here? That's, and that's paris missouri right she's from near paris she's from uh yeah she's from near paris yeah
1: so you married a parisian
0: <laughs> she's from honeywell she would not claim oh, okay i know honeywell <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: that's on high that's on highway 36 um
1: avenue of the Saints, right
0: it, yeah yeah that's right and you know i should mention my in-laws who live in honeywell they want rural broadband because they just want their hbo max to work um,
1: <laughs> So they can watch old South Park episodes like me <laughs> Maybe
0: <laughs> I, think, I think Tokyo Vice is their show right now But um, yeah, I mean, I, it is I, I just kind of think, yeah, I mean, like I think the state needs to be mindful of Yes, we have Kansas City Yes, we have St. Louis Yes, we have Columbia Yes, we have Springfield But what about
1: Ain't, you know, ain't nobody got to worry about St. Louis getting too much attention They get blamed right,
0: right Nobody's right. going to
1: neglect them Everybody the Republicans spend all day caring about every little thing about St. Louis. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Well, what about St. Clair County? Why don't yeah. you give a damn about St. Clair County for once? You talked for plenty about whatever people in St. Louis are doing. Why don't yeah. you worry about St. Clair County a little bit?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, so I just because I, I I do wonder like what the future is going to lead for rural Missouri. Like, what what can I do with my family farm that will ultimately benefit? You know, you know, you kind of know. I I got, I got a prediction. Go-
1: yeah. If we don't stick together and demand that right, this if the trends keep going, it's like I was up there in Bethany. There's a, a lady running for state rep, young gal, firecracker, very talented. She got redistricted. Her they drew a district out of the Great Northwest because they didn't have enough people. They sent it down to the suburbs. Hmm. If we don't take advantage right now, when we can run that Republican Party with our votes, rural folks can't. But if you don't take advantage right now, we're going to lose that advantage, and we're going to be at the suburbs whims and let me tell you what a terrible state looks like when the run by suburban folks you'd rather see urban folks run your state than suburban folks they'll be there every trend they don't know anybody their fingers are always in the air they have no ties to their community they parachute in parachute out to somewhere real you want to see a terrible state let the suburban people take over that's what a terrible state looks like whether you're republican or Democrat. doesn't matter the worst state's going to be a suburban ran state awful yeah that'll be like it'll be like the bus station in total recall
0: <laughs> that would be very scary <laughs>
1: then you rule people better stick together
0: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's a great that's a great image um <laughs> but I mean, we, do, we do have a lot of i mean like we do have a lot of like suburban leadership don't we in, in, uh, in, in the house we and have, Senate? the
1: republicans have been obsessed with suburban leadership uh i would say that dean plocker has done it right dean, dean I, I don't think that's not to say dean plocker's done it right i don't want to the the people that supported dean plocker have done it right they've they've brought him they, he's come to their house asking for their and says what are you going to do for me and he's mm-hmm. had to he's had to make solid commitments and he has a man support, he's kept them dean plocker has been a better friend of rural missouri than a lot of rural missouri folks have mm-hmm. the dean plocker come out and he convinced jeff knight to vote for him you know what jeff knight did where are you at on this and this and this about it? And I don't care about Facebook in the suburbs. I don't care about some moron charping at you from some silly website. What are you going to do for Lebanon? And he yeah. made commitments. They were sworn up to make him make commitments. And he's a man of his word. He's kept them. They, the, the legislators with Dean Plagg played right. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope the next two guys running that when they go on that couch and they sit down with my rep, Hardy Billington, Hardy Billington makes. Hafner or Patterson, whoever he votes for, promise to deliver for folks in Butler County. And if he doesn't, we should get a new representative
0: Because mm-hmm. hmm.
1: that's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. You got to go get leadership on your side. And if they and, and I think most folks like Mike Hafner and Joe John Patterson are men of their world. They're good men. They're honest men. Oh, they go, I really, I mean, you you get them to commit. Now they're not going to want to commit. They're going to want to help their people. Like everybody. You get them to make promises, I think they'll keep them. But you got to make them commit.
0: Yeah. We'll what happened is um, he, he kind of is involved with a lot of utility related things. He did carry the house version of. The, uh, speaking uh, of grain belt, right.
1: Here we are. No, no, no. I was going to
0: mention the HOA bill. I was going to mention the HOA yeah. bill. He carried the house version of that. Um, and was great about it. Um, and wasn't was he good.
1: involved in the eminent domain bill?
0: He was, he was the sponsor for house bill 205, which um, I did want to talk to you about in the last couple of minutes of our, of our talk. How
1: How'd you do it? That's my question. I asked uh, Brian Grace this. How did you go from being the top legislative priority to get rid of you for about three years in a row? Top five legislative priority, at least to this year, they passed a bill and they basically had to have you sign off on it before they could pass it. And nobody said a bad word about Greenbelt, the whole Gum in the Senate, the whole Gum uh, debate. You 180 that that was some good work.
0: I mean, you know, look, I, that is um, that controversy has lived past my career in energy policy mm-hmm. by two years. That was originally filed with the PSC in 2014 when it was originally declined. Um, it's, it's one of those things I've seen the evolution of. Um, I mean, we support it because it is carrying wind power. And I mean, they did make a concession and they changed it where some of that's going to be delivered to Missouri. Uh, smart cities, yep. very smart. Um, and I think that I did that helped. back a yeah. while
1: ago, right? They bought off the beauties with that. Yeah. Yes. Which, you know yeah. what? Good for us. You want to come through our area? Do something. Yeah. To us. That's I, kind I of the yes. same thing I'm talking about with whole Republicans. You want to come, you want something from us. Okay, fine. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got to talk? Let's horse trade.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, yeah, ultimately I think that, you know, as much as I, I, I think transmission lines are necessary. I mean, and listen, you know, you want to talk about someone whose family doesn't like them, we had a, a co-op co-op owned transmission line go over three different parcels of our family farm in in, um, in in Webster County. My parents took them to corp. They ended up getting them. They got their money. They cashed their check. Um, you know, it it is it is that's how trans that's how transmission lines work. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, and I do think yeah, I, I think saying like you know there should be an expectation of power being delivered to Missouri makes sense paying landowners more money, which I mean, look, I think, you know, I don't know the specifics, but I think the grain belt project was pretty generous with folks. I think that a lot of them that are going to go to court might be surprised that they get less money than what Invernergy was offering them. But, you know, I, I think, you know,
1: I think a lot of folks want to see this play out. Right. Yeah. And I think you'll see most of your smarter folks, they'll settle this summer. And I think Invernergy or every, my hillbilly dialect doesn't say that word real great. But I think they'll be very wise. They'll be very wise to get as many of these done as they can.
0: Oh. And just get
1: it, get it off the thing. And, and and you know, I do know of a couple of farmers who've told me that they're holding out for a windfall. I don't think they're going to see a windfall. Do I think after this bill passes, they might be a touch more incentivized to get it done before end of August? I could see that. Yeah, I think people that hold out to the new system will get nothing. They would have made more money taking the check today and put it in the bank on interest right. then they would wait in the new system. I don't think the new system is a windfall. I think what it does, it, um, it moved this off the table. And I think it did it in a very good way. It gave some folks some, they felt good about their protections, which is, mm. which is fine. And yeah. I, I think that the cosmetic parts of it may end up being the better, the more effective pieces of it. But the fact you got grain belt out of the firing line and it's that, that bill, I looked at it as essentially, a tacit approval from the legislature that we're not going to mess with you anymore.
0: We're, yeah. That's, build your line. That's my hope um, because it is. Which was some that, great work. Yeah. You, your he-
1: members, Kate and Brian, Mike Baker was involved in that from accident. Yep. I mean, you guys have done, yep. you guys have, you guys earned your money on that <laughs> and your members, if uh, they, you know, you can get involved in a lot of stuff and mm. never get anywhere. Right. If, you know, if, if you had your members write an email or call somebody or work somebody, it was great work by the laws of normal politics. You should not have gotten from where you were to where you are
0: this fast. Yeah, it's just good work. It, good it, a lot of talented people were working on that. Yeah. And I, I I'm glad I got to know them better as a result and I'll be honest, your
1: old boss kind of ruled me over on it. I was a rule hillbilly. I was like, I'll get off our land, you know, the guy. but he said, hey, the state made a clue to these people. And Governor Nixon got involved. I think they hired him to argue the case. I always tell him it makes you better a lawyer when you pick the judges, I figure. But (laughs) Governor Nixon, he said, take it, take away all the all the just let me just tell you a story. And he was like, what if the state said you could do this? And then they said, no, you can't. You can't. can't." Then they said, here's how you do it. And you go do it and you succeed. And then then while you're while you're building it, they want to come back and jerk it away from you. He said, that's not right. The the, the state shouldn't have that reputation because they shouldn't do that. And I was like, I, you know, he has got he's a persuasive guy, that Jay Nixon.
0: He is. I, I owe a lot to him, I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> this state owes a lot to Jay Nixon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do. I hear people complain about him, mostly Democrats. And I'm like, you know, you, you, you can't win to save your life right now. Jay yeah. Nixon is the guy that got more, more Missourians, have walked in, took a time out there Tuesday, and checked Jeremiah W.J. Nixon than anybody in the history of this state. You people don't like him. You have Babe Ruth here. But you're yeah. out, you know, you're out trying to give Corey Dickerson the left field job. I was like, the fact of the matter is, Jay Nixon knows how to get votes historically mm-hmm. more than any other Missourian in the history of this state. I was like, I'd probably go talk to him and say, hey, how do we do what you did instead of lose all the time? Yeah,
0: uh, I Have couldn't you know? I, I could not agree with that more. I, I, I do. Yeah. I mean, when you look at 2012, when this state turned out pretty heavily against <laughs> President Obama, he still got 55 percent of the vote.
1: You know what he did? One of the best commercials ever. You might remember this. There's a there's a blue sky and trees behind him. And Jay Nixon's in khaki, looks like almost cart pants, and a green Department of Conservation looking shirt. And he said, Washington is broken. We don't want to be anything like that. He did everything he could to separate himself from that. It was the best move. It was the best messaging. He should have probably lost if you just looked at the national climate. But he did yeah. good keeping a top-tier opponent from running. Dave Spence is a good man, but he it, running for governor is real hard. So he's never anything before. And, and Jay Nixon, the right person won. But the fact that he knew how to keep away from the stuff that was toxic for him could, is a lesson that folks could learn. I think the per, there's two people that are learning that. I think Crystal Quaid's the most talented politician in the Democrat side in a long
0: time. Totally agree. I think totally if agree.
1: John Rizzo, anytime he cares to be, he talk about a Jay Nixon duplicate, J.J. Rizzo is that. I think Crystal Quaid. I think Crystal Quinn has the ability to, to assuage some of the radical new folks to the party yeah. and fire up the labor coalition of trial attorneys that Jay Nixon had to finance stuff. I yeah. think, that, and I think she has the runway long enough that if she, if she can be in politics long enough,
0: yeah.
1: I think she could be the first wave of people that come out the other side, like Peter Kinder was. He stuck around long yeah. enough
0: that yeah. he was
1: able to benefit from the turn. This state will turn. The one thing you can count on is change. Crystal Quaid has the talent and she has the runway of politics long enough. She might be able to outlast this, this fringe kick we've been on. And yeah. when things start coming to the center. She could be one of the first people to, to capitalize on. I think she's that talented.
0: Yeah. Well, I think people just, I think people generally like kind of listen to her and kind of follow her as a leader, because I think they just yeah. recognize she's a, a, a honest, legitimate person. Mm-hmm. And, I, she's and, she's of, yeah, yeah. and she's talented. Yeah. She's talented. That I matters. Yeah, I've known her since she was in college in, in 08, and um, I've always thought... Plus, well, when she, she walks did. in the room, she's
1: bossy as hell, so she's going to tell you what to do, whether you want to hear it or not. So, I mean, you know. But she
0: makes you want to do it. Yeah. She makes you want to... No, she she, I know.
1: think she's the... She reminds me, it really does remind me of the Peter Kinder, of the person that has a long enough track, if she, if she goes to the state senate, to be in politics long enough to outlast the wave, and she's talented enough to capitalize on it. And I think she's the one, even more than JJ, honestly, I don't know if the JJ has the patience for some of the real left-wing people to deal with him. I think Crystal has the perfect, and I think being minority leader probably helps you with patience, but mm-hmm. I, I think she has the ability and, the, and the, the, just the, the leadership style to bring in a person that protests on the weekend for sport and a person that, that is a, a labor guy that can't stand those people. Yeah. And they're both trapped in the same party right now, one more than the other. I think she's the type of person that has the talent and the ability to bring them together. And as the world moderates, cap- be one of the first to capitalize on that moderating uh, win.
0: Yeah. Plus, I think people like politicians from Springfield, truthfully. I think that there's something about them that they have to fight pretty hard to get attention from there. A little bit.
1: I have I have become a bigger fan than I ought to be a Lincoln Huff. I don't want to say yeah. anything nice because it's... It, his ego will get too big.
0: But he's a um, really good senator.
1: <laughs> I think – I personally believe the best senator post-term limits that we've had is Jay Watson. And mm-hmm. I think that Lincoln Huff has had the best first four years of the post-term era of anybody. And That's I good. don't like to put leadership people in that. It's, a, it's not a it's not the same thing to compare. It's not apples and apples. But I think Lincoln Huff has had the best four years. And I I, uh, I, I, I think he has the talent – for a certain type of Republican. Like I look at Pennsylvania, right? I see Trump's guy not winning that primary. It's very close. Yeah. I see in Idaho. I, I think if you, you talk about a person that could see change. I, I'm a Gordon Gekko Republican. I'm a kid bond Republican, Roy Blunt. I want to see things. I want to see you be able to accomplish things. Not just whine all day. I'm not a fan of the whining wing of the party. And I think the whining wing may have had its day and the woke yeah. Republican wing of being triggered and, calling everybody that's using a rhino and whining all day. I think we may get back to the guy that just might kick your teeth in if you really want to get uh, aggressive with him. And that's kind of my kind of guy, and I, I'm a big fan of his. But, again, yeah. let's not talking up too much. He'll get his ego too. Oh.
0: <laughs> well, you get it,
1: thinking that haircut looks good or something. We can't have that.
0: <laughs> no, we don't want that. Any, any parting thoughts as we leave, Scott?
1: Uh, well, uh, first of all, I was excited when you first did this. I'm, I'm serious about this. I get to sit in the popcorn gallery and watch. And a lot of people get involved in advocacy and and for very good reasons, because they believe it in their heart. And unfortunately they leave with nothing to show for it. Yeah. You guys do a lot of things at Renew Missouri, but your work, you guys have a way of, um, and that's why when you, when you came to this job, when you came to your old job, I thought it was a good pick because I'll be honest with you, Renew Missouri to some folks can sound like a liberal thing. Yeah. You have a way of taking a message that some folks would initially instinctively hear as liberal but you have a way of relating to folks that are not just suburban folks. You have related not just folks from like Washington, Missouri. You can go down and talk hogs, dogs and logs and Donovan. And I'm telling you it, that if you don't do that that way here, you'll be ostracized. And, yeah. and I think the proof is in the pudding of things. You, you should not have had grain belt in the situation you have it in. There's no logical way. If we were betting not even you would have bet. You could have grain belt from where it was a few years ago to where it is today. Mm-hmm. That just shows that you and your members' ability to advocate for something matters. Uh, you are a group that, that advocates for things that a lot of business folks in the utility world might push off against. Yeah. However, the way you advocate for it is a way that brings them on and makes them, it brings your your staunchest opponents willing to consider things because you, you, you approach them in a way that is not threatening that is wanting to work together and I think that's a that's a real key to success and I think you talk about that in a, in a in a in a vague way but the way you brought this grain belt thing from a pariah to something that now nobody will even criticize you know in an open debate where they're where they're wanting to pass a bill that's good work man and that's good work. that speaks to your members of your organization and I I uh I think that that the argument for some of these environmental things is in very good hands when you guys take the lead on. It. I really do. I'm not just saying that I've said that well, other places I mean, on publicly. I mean, it.
0: it's, it's um, uh, yeah, I do appreciate you saying that. Cause I mean, that is something we work very hard to do because, you know, trying to advocate for clean energy in a state like Missouri, sure. you know, a lot of people say like, Oh, how can that possibly work? It's like, I believe that any argument is possible as long as you know, who you're talking to and what they yeah. need. What they need, not what they want to hear, but what they need, you know, well, to... and, and people forget
1: you, you take you take Evergy, right? Well, I'll say Ameren, because Evergy little sounds a little bit like the Graymo thing. Uh, <laughs> or Empire. Empire yeah. gets money for some of these green programs. They're not experts in how to spend it. And right. I know for a fact there's a couple guys in Ameren that have reached out to you guys. They've had access to money. They want them. They'd rather have the money spent for them. It's federal programs. They'd rather get the money than it go somewhere else, but they don't really know how to make that work and how to get maximized dollars. And when you guys give them some advice and stuff like that, then when you want to approach them about something else, like with a Labody coal plant, they're much more looking to hear from you because you've, you, you've kind of treated it as the grid. The utilities want to treat the grid as a partnership, right? Sometimes. yeah. yeah. And, and when, you, when you take them up on that and grab their hand, they're much, it makes it a little harder for them to say, oh, this is our grid. You know how yeah. that kind of goes both ways depending on the argument. It may, when you grab their hand and work with people and you're honest about it and upfront, it makes it, it makes it harder for them to try to shut you out when they, when they don't want to be, when they want to view the grid as something they exclusively own. Yeah. But when it's viewed as a public thing, like, like utilities argue for it to be frankly yeah. in many instances. Oh. And I think it is. Uh, and you, you, you take the argument, like you said, I just think that, that the approach matters and how people hear you and the help you've been able to give utilities with some of the money that they're getting that, that again. It's not a confrontational thing. They'd rather have the money if somebody else have the money, but you help them get the most out of that money. That matters.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think a lot of advocates want to see them as the villain, as the enemy. I sure. ultimately say they've got a job to do. We've got a job to do. And ultimately, I believe both our efforts are gearing towards making things better for the public. Mm-hmm. I really do. And believe. there's
1: going to be there's going to be some days where you know, on an issue, you're, you're, if you have your position, you view them as the enemy that day. They have yeah. on the blue jerseys, you have on the red jerseys, vice versa, and, and they see you as the enemy. But that doesn't mean you have to take that home with you to the next one, right? Right, nope. And stuff nope. like this grain belt is proof that you guys you guys get a lot of mileage out of the fact that, yeah, you're going you're gonna to fight hard, kick their teeth in on the things that you're going to fight about. That's your job. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you have to take that over to the next issue and the next one and just develop wars that really, I think, ultimately in Missouri would, would, would view badly for folks that, that have for renewable energy they would lose in that first if that we would take that approach. Yeah. I just think it's been a been a smart way to go about things to um, to work with folks where you can and then where you can you got a fight. Yeah. But and I think some of the again the, the results of that is thing like grain belt going from everybody hates them, they're terrible to well we're not talking about grain belt here. They're gonna be fine. We're talking about others, you know, we're moving <laughs> yeah. on from that. And that's code word for we lost you one. We want to move on, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been doing this for five years now. I'm very happy with some of the things that we've been able to do, and I hope I can keep doing it. So,
1: Well, you already to ask for a raise after that grain belt thing. <laughs> well,
0: that's what i do. If my board if is listening. you're a deco
1: Republican like me, that's what you do. You'd say, well, look what you did. I need <laughs> more money <now." laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and then Phillip's probably thinking like, yeah, give me some of that money too, maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean,
1: he pulled this podcast together when – I was behind. The, I was two minutes late, three minutes late. Then we had internet issues. I mean, I think Phil deserves some cash, too. I mean,
0: oh, yeah.
1: It'll, I, it'll I
0: appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, dude. Totally. Yeah. Well, so man, I, I enjoyed them?
1: it. Next time we'll have to do one, and I'll do one as fully I'll, as my Cartman voice.
0: I think that would be You're great, You're on. Too. You're on. Or we could do, like, the
1: Cartman question of the month or something, and I could give you an answer to something in my Cartman voice if we'd have a good time
0: with it. Well, we're starting to do a video series about Energy One Hundred and One. We're kind of doing these one-minute kind of funny things. I might, I might have you do something as Cartman. Maybe we'll see. Hey, I would get
1: my Cartman voice all day, and it would be awesome. I gotta practice a little bit. I'm a little out of practice.
0: Yeah, you that can that can mess up your voice. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, one minute's about what you can do. Now that I think about it, it is a little tart.
0: Yeah, rest up, drink some drink, drink some tea and honey, and we'll, we'll do that, okay?
1: <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. This is a good time, man.
0: This is great. Scott Fawn, the Missouri Times. Go check it out. Go check out This Week in Missouri Politics. It's uh, It's a good place to learn a lot about what we're doing in Jefferson City. Scott, thank you again. Thank you, guys. Take care. Take care. And thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to share this on social media, subscribe to this on all of the major platforms and also leave a review. On behalf of Renew Missouri, this is James Owen, Philip for Seeker Producing. And until we talk next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Good week.